it's very easy to put on a facade. Of course. And um, especially as a woman yeah. with this situation, you right. just don't want people to know. Welcome to Walk With Me, a ministry of Cornerstone Church. Hi, my name's Tori and I'll be your host. Sometimes when I want to make a new friend, I'll say, come walk with me and we'll talk. My goal for this podcast is that we as women would walk together and enjoy sweet community in Christ. Today on our podcast, we have Christine Oberman and we have Amelia sitting here. She might help us out. So um, Christy, today we're going to talk about postpartum depression, Mm -hmm. but um, why don't you fill us in right now and um, tell us a little bit about yourself family, um, anything that we might like to know about you. Okay, so as you said, I'm Christine Oberman. I am married to Ryan Oberman, and we have two beautiful little babies, Wyatt, who is two and a half, and Amelia, who is almost 11 months old. And uh, we also have a farming business and a trucking business, and I also run a direct selling company from home. So. And you guys are in Iowa City. And we're in Iowa City, yep. And your husband is my nephew. Yep. And so that's how we are connected. Yep. So um, I know postpartum mm-hmm. depression is something that maybe is becoming more um, commonplace conversation, but a lot of people don't talk about it. Yeah. So we're going to talk about it today. Yes. So um, you have experienced this. Tell us exactly what postpartum depression is. So I experienced it with my firstborn. And it varies for different women, and some people only experience baby blues, which is just a short time period of your hormones fluctuating after having a baby and Mm -hmm. adjusting to a baby. But postpartum depression can be more severe. Um, It can kind of sneak up on you, and it can last a little bit longer as well. And it's um, for some women, it can be as extreme as having hallucinations, and um, it can cause um, almost... Uh, I don't suicidal thoughts, hmm. and it can cause anxiety, and um, it's depression. So yeah, yeah. So did anybody tell you about that? This might be um, something that happened after you had a baby. Did anybody no. talk about it? Nobody talked to me about it. So none of the doctors said, "Hey, watch for this." No, Ooh. and sadly, the only thing doctors do is after you have a baby at your first follow-up appointment, yeah. they just give you a paper that you yourself is to are supposed to fill out, and I don't even know how many women would fill it out honestly because it's supposed to say, like, how many times have you felt like you just want to leave your child, and how many, oh, and it's like, and you're afraid that, they might, yeah, like, take your child. Yeah. I mean, in today's world, it's, you know, it's a very right. fine line between what's acceptable, and I just think a lot of women go in there, you don't necessarily feel that close with your doctor that you would want to say, you know, like, I feel like I'm failing as a mom. So, right. so yeah. Right. So, no one told you about it, but, um, what were your first symptoms? I mean, you, you'd never had a baby. Yes, and I... Okay, so with Wyatt. Yeah. So my sister actually had two children before I started having kids, and okay. my sister-in-law had a child as well. Um, and every woman typically hits, like I said, some kind of hormone change. Not every woman, but majority yeah. of women oh, hit yeah. either that baby blue stage or something. Uh-huh. No, Nobody in my family shared with me that they experienced any of that, and actually... A lot of women in my family experience postpartum depression. Oh, but they didn't. Maybe they didn't know how to name it. Yeah. Well, and I just think, I think no women wants to admit that they ever faced it because huh. it's the more women I talk to, the more women are like, yeah, I faced something like that. And so with me, when I had Wyatt, um, 
my pregnancy was amazing. I was super excited. I've always wanted to have kids. I always wanted to be a mom. That was uh-huh. my my life desire. And so when Wyatt was born, um, our very first night in the hospital, he was up a lot and feeding a lot. And uh-huh. I didn't know that you could even tell the nurses to take them. Which, oh, nobody told you that. Nobody told me that. And wow. so I kept him in my room all night. And Ryan and I laid in bed together like, with this baby, we had no idea what we were doing, and right. I just kept trying to nurse him. But it yeah. was also my first time nursing, so right. I was like, it's a scary ah. event. That yeah. first night. Yeah, especially. and I was like, well, and you're sore. You know, right. your breasts are sore, and, and you had a huge workout. Yeah, having a and baby. you just like you don't, you have no idea what to expect. I didn't know if I was allowed to shower even, so it was like mm. everything was just like a guessing game. Like I have no idea. Wow. And then I didn't know how to calm down this baby, and I was worried I wasn't feeding him right, and all these things. And so then um, I was also really scared about having him sleep with me because some women, you know, co-sleep and some don't. Well, I was like, he's going to fall asleep while I'm feeding him. I can't leave him here. So basically mm. my first night, I did not sleep. Wow. Um, and then... Did no one come in and check on you? Um, my first experience with Wyatt, I did not have very good nurses in my opinion. Huh. Um, they were... I feel as a nurse, when somebody has a baby, you should be extremely... Soothing for them, yes, because they don't know what they're expecting, and um, so, so yeah, so I was very disappointed with my nurses for my first baby. So anyway, so then, um, we were in the hospital two nights, and actually the morning of which we were supposed to leave, my labor nurse came back, and she was probably the most sincere out of all of them, and she was checking on me. The second day, third day. This would have been third day after he was born. Okay, and. uh, she came in and was asking me how I was doing and the recovery and everything. And I, you know, I told her, I was like, I just don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and so she was actually quite upset with how people dealt with me too, that she took Wyatt and she locked me in my room and said, you're sleeping till you leave and your husband's wow. going to go home. And so I got a good nap before we left. And when we went home our first night, you know, it was the excitement of having your baby home and Ryan cooked supper and everything and everything was great. And then that night when we went to bed, Wyatt even went to sleep fine. He fed fine. He went to sleep. And I just could not close my eyes. Hmm. Um, anxiety took over me. I was pacing the house. Ryan mm-hmm. was sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, we couldn't get Wyatt to sleep in his bassinet, which now after having two kids, we realized he was probably freezing. We didn't oh, know how to like bundle really? him and stuff. There was no swaddling then? We had him swaddled, but we had his arms out because oh. we didn't know You know, we didn't yeah. know what we yeah. were doing. You didn't get a lot of education at the hospital. Yeah, like. we didn't. And huh. and I don't know if baby classes helped. We didn't take baby classes, so maybe those would have been helpful. Huh. But, okay. So I ended up calling my mom, who at the time was in Ames. Okay. And... Um, she was at my brother's house, and I said to her, I was just bawling, and I said, I need you to come home. I need you to come to my house, like, now. And she was trying to calm me down, like, what's wrong? Where's the baby? And I was like, the baby's sleeping on Ryan's chest. And she goes, mm-hmm. well, if they're both sleeping, you should be sleeping. And I right. was like, I can't. can't. Like, I just cannot. And my body would, like, overcome with, like, compulsive shaking. Huh. And I just felt outside myself. Like, I did not know what was going on. I couldn't control my thoughts. I couldn't did you ever think about body. calling your doctor? Uh, no, I felt it was a weakness. Huh. Um, and oh, I honestly, call your doctor. Yeah, and I didn't know my doctor very well either. I had okay. moved previously to having Wyatt like three months before. So I just met her oh, three months yeah. before we had Wyatt. Yeah. So I didn't feel close to her. I read the sheets and yeah. stuff. So my parents arrived the next day. So basically we're home for two days and my parents are already there. Okay. And my mom walks in the door and I just 
started bawling and handed her the baby. Like I didn't want to hold him because one, I felt unfit and two, my emotions just would overcome me that I would get so angry at the baby. Hmm. And Ryan was, would look at me and that made me feel even worse. Like he was expecting, you know, a mother and I told him that's all I ever wanted. And yet here I am unable to right. want to even hold our baby. Right. And so he would constantly, constantly say to me like, um, this is what you always wanted. I don't know what's wrong with you. And wow. I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me either. either. I still want a baby, but I'm like fighting myself when I want this baby. I don't want this baby. Wow. That's scary. It's terrifying. Yeah. Did you have it with both, both Amelia and Wyatt? No, I was extremely anxious having Amelia. My whole pregnancy again was fine. And I was kept, you know, speaking over myself. This isn't going to happen again. Right. Um, but you know, being in the hospital, I was terrified and it was honestly, from the second I had her, it was instantly different. Uh, one, I felt prepared. I knew how to feed her. Yeah, I knew what to expect. Um, and so when we actually got home with her, um, I prepared as if it might happen again. So I actually had my mom sleep in bed with me oh. with Amelia right next to me in her okay. bassinet. Okay. So your mom was sleeping in bed with you. Yes. And, um, and so that very, so she was here. So yeah, she was here. And so that very first night, um, going to sleep, Amelia went straight to sleep. She was sleeping in her own bassinet and my mom was laying next to me and I just like overcame with it again, which actually, I'm sorry. I did overcome with it in the hospital the first night and I called the nurse because I said I had postpartum with my son. Yeah. I'm really scared it's going to happen again. Right, right. She came in and gave me a huge hug and said, this has happened with me with all three of my babies. Oh, wow. What a what a comfort. Yeah. And she and she said to me, she's like, do you just want me to hug you? And I said, yes. And I just cried in her arms. And I wow. had she wasn't even my nurse that day. It was a random nurse who came to my That's room. That's what you want nurses to do. Yeah. You know? And um, it, was, it was a huge comfort. And she actually prescribed me an Ambien. And I was like, I'm really nervous to take this. I'm, I'm a breastfeeding mom. Is right. this going right. to affect it? And she said, no, it's actually extremely common to give these to mothers their first nights in the hospital. Huh. Um, and Who she knew? said, if you only want to breastfeed, she said, we can even come in and take care of the whole process for you because you might wake up groggy. And she goes, if you're comfortable with that, you know, we'll help the baby latch and everything. And when oh, the baby's wow. done, we'll take it. Okay. So, so we did that one night and that helped me drastically because I ended up getting a full night's sleep. Um, and they brought the baby in, took the baby out. So it was extremely different. So you knew you could do that by this yeah. time? Yep. Okay. And, uh, so then when I went home and like I said, sleeping with my mom, um, the only thing we did different is we took lavender oil mm-hmm. and put some on my pillow to help soothe me. Yeah. And I went straight to sleep and wow. never had any other symptoms after Wow. Yep. So lavender. Yep. Huh. Yeah. So you kind of knew what to look for this yep. second time around and you could kind of, uh, preempt the yep. whole thing and I had people around me uh-huh. who knew like we were as a team so yeah, you know with Wyatt right. I had Ryan and my mom and my dad right. so going in with Amelia they were all here too so we all were prepared they were ready to help me and take off any pressures and loads that I might be putting on myself yeah, yeah. um you know like cleaning or yeah or we, we as a society kind of think mom should just hop back into it Yep. And that's not what other societies, a lot of people, I know there are some places where they have these birthing centers and the moms stay a long time, like a month. Yeah. Yep. But our society doesn't have quite the same expectations. So, and there you hear Amelia. Yeah. Um, and so why do so many women go undiagnosed? Why do so many women like you 
they don't know what's going on. I mean, they don't have a name to put to it, you know? Some women honestly don't even know they're facing depression. Um, they just think it's the scariness of... They just think it's hormones. Um, because that's what we're constantly told. And I now go to a chiropractor who deals with prenatal and postpartum. And a lot of it mm. has to do with even your body misalignment. Because obviously oh, as you're forming yeah. that baby, um, it's causing a lot of different pressures on your different skeletal nerves. system. Yeah. Um, that then could be like only progressively getting worse. Hmm. And, and especially so, during the labor. Yeah. And so your body can still be focused on that recovery yeah. and not be able to keep up with the changes of the baby as well as your body constantly changing. Right, right. Um, so I feel like I've learned after talking with so many women and continuing to do, you know, kind of my own research into postpartum uh -huh. depression that that plays a huge role. Um, but oh, I've so you found oils to be effective. You found chiropractic to help. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, just a lot of natural ways because it's your... It's your natural body. Right. Um, and some people choose medicine. I don't feel the medicine helped me. I was put on medicine with Wyatt for a month, uh -huh. and I honestly couldn't wait to get off of it. Huh. Um, just because m me personally, I don't like being on, being on medicines. Uh -huh. um, so does it just... Why does it occur? It occurs because your hormones are kind of messed up, and you talked about the whole... Mm -hmm. your, an unbalance. Your spine, get the mm -hmm. But... Does it just go away? I mean, if people don't treat it, does it just go away? No, it can, even like the treating baby gets it, older? it can uh, occur. Like I still now and then can have emotions flare up where it's like I get overwhelmed by my children and just want to leave them. Huh. Um, I know what it is, so I know how to deal with it. I know it's when I need somebody else to step in and help me with my kids or me go take like a little day trip by myself right, or something. Right. Um, but that's why so many women can suffer and a lot of women can commit suicide or hurt their children because they don't deal with it and then the pressure just builds and they just get left with the responsibility themselves that they feel so alone and isolated. Right, and they're maybe unwilling to admit. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Huh. I have a friend, she didn't even know she had it until her second child. She had it from her first all the way to her second. How horrible. And, um... Never got treated for it, and it hurt her marriage. You know, it hurt her relationship with her firstborn, and um, it hurt her. So, with how did she know finally with her second? Somebody actually came to her oh, and said, so "I you think have you this. have postpartum depression." And actually, even for me, um, I was refusing to accept that it was postpartum depression. And my father, of all people, was the one who read the paper and called my doctor and said, something's wrong with my daughter. And he's the one who went and got the medicine and everything. Wow. So, so is it because we're so told to be sufficient and strong that we don't want to say, hey, I need help. I'm a little bit weak here. I think so completely. I think that, yeah, it's just you feel like from... From a little girl, when you see, you know, your baby dolls and everything, mm -hmm. you just think it's something that we're born to do is to mm -hmm. be mothers. Yeah. And so having a baby and people tell you, you know, like love at first sight and uh -huh. it's all I've ever wanted and uh -huh. I love motherhood. And then yeah. you're expecting that from the moment you have your baby. So it's and this so, expectation. Yeah. And uh. so when you have your baby, I mean, both Ryan and I admit it and I cried about it so many days. I did not fall in love with Wyatt when he mm. was born. Mm -hmm. And it took me, like, I knew inside me I cared greatly for him. Yeah. And I loved him, but I could look at him and not feel in love you with him. You have that him. attachment, yeah. Yeah. And it took me, you know, probably almost like a week to two weeks before I looked at him and I just started crying and I said, you know, I know I love him. He's mine. I don't mm -hmm. want anybody to have him. And mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah. But so it took it, you that long to kind of bond. Yeah. Some people it takes a lot longer. Yeah. You know, we need to tell people that. Yeah. I think that's a huge thing to tell mm -hmm. people. Like, I don't think that we should put the pressures that we put on mothers that, you know, you're just going to be swept off your feet right. by these babies. You it's know? a huge traumatic change. You yeah. Know? Good yep. and bad. So, yeah. um, when should a woman, like, what's like one of your first things? Like, if you saw it in a friend, you'd say, you should get help. Um, I think the way you see them with their baby or even just mm. talking to them in general, like if they just don't seem like themselves. Would a friend like, have been able to tell something was off? I think a close, I don't know. Cause then again, my, my two best friends of mine, I mean, granted they live in another state, so they didn't see me face to face, but right. it's very easy to put on a facade. Of course. And, um, especially as a woman yeah. with this situation, you right. just don't want people to know. But I think those who see me, like my mom or my dad mm -hmm. or my husband, who saw me crying and saw me the way that I You just I weren't was, yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I, I even would say it. Like, this is not me. Like, I don't know what's going on with my thoughts. I don't know. And you felt why. guilty. Oh, Probably, so guilty. because like you said, you hear this like, oh, I swept off my feet. Mm -hmm. and I so, constantly would tell my mom, like, I want to love my son. I course, want to want my course. son. And, like having to try to convince myself like he's mine and she would you know it's hard even as a mom to hear right, your daughter act right. that way yeah so we need to that's why we're doing this podcast is so people say oh i oh wow i feel like that mm -hmm. you know what i mean and mm -hmm. it's a normal natural thing and i need to get help yeah so um so what did god teach you during your experience like it was super scary it was very scary and he i mean because for me i wouldn't even shower by myself and you know i just felt like I needed a security guard from myself. Yeah. Um, so he just taught me a lot of trusting him uh, tremendously because your thoughts just turn so evil. Huh. But you know that they're not your thoughts. Huh. It's kind of confusing. You have to pray to think with what's true. Yeah, what's and true. Like, like I would just constantly say, God, I know, I know this was what was destined for me. Mm -hmm. I, I know you said it on my heart to be a mom. Yeah. And maybe the reason that I'm the one facing this task is to help other women. Mm. Like I had to tell myself yeah. that too. She can minister um, to other people. Yeah. And, but he, he taught me too to get out of my comfort zone. Cause I was not a person. I've always been a girl who does not like sharing my emotions. Ah. And, um, so you even, really had to share your yes, emotions. I, I really this? had to be open. I had to reach out and find other women who related to me, which was a huge, especially being deal in town. Me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's hard. Yep. But once I reached out, there's, so many support groups and so many different women wanting to talk to you yeah. about it. Because they probably wanted to talk about it when they were oh, yeah. going through it. I had a know? random stranger reach out to me and she said, I faced all this and my husband didn't understand it either. And it was like identical stories. And wow. she now is really like a good with friend that person. Of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what would you do, you know, having experienced this, having to know that you weren't thinking rightly, but having to trust God with it, how would you help someone else struggling through it? Like you saw a friend, you you wanted to help her. Mm -hmm. How would you do it? Even if she felt a little bit like, hey, don't call the doctor. I would honestly uh, go in and spend as much time with her as you can, huh. where you take the baby. Like okay. when a woman, in my Be opinion, present. is facing yeah postpartum depression, they need a team. They It takes a village. Is I have totally learned, true. I have, yes, I have learned that that was not just a saying that that had yeah. a huge purpose behind yeah. it, that it, 
I do not think a woman is supposed to raise her children alone. I yeah. still think that even now as my children are not the youngest infants, yeah. even for me to have a relationship with my husband, I need right. people to step in. And for me to be able to get to do anything by myself, like I'm yeah. trying to run a business, I need an hour to two hours by right. myself. The whole like, multi-generational family living together, I think is actually, yes. there's there's a reason that was done. Yep. You know and it I mean? makes tremendous sense. Yeah. And that's something my husband and I have just talked about greatly. My parents live in our basement, actually. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and... You know, we go back and forth on the, we want them to move out. We yeah. don't want them to move out. Because if it wasn't for them, I think my marriage would be very shaken. Mm. Um, because I I wouldn't have had that time to talk to my husband. To and you would have only had him for support. Yeah. He didn't know what and to do. And for a man, it's extremely hard. I mean, right. women's hormones are so different anyways. But right. then they, they have the same stigma. They believe that women are meant to raise their babies. Yeah. And so wow. as a woman who wants to be a stay-at-home mom but right. can't accept her baby, it was extremely difficult for, for my husband. both of you. Yeah. yeah. Especially him. He didn't have any of the physical things going on. Mm-hmm. You know, and he just had to, yeah, kind of trudge through it with you yeah. so well, yeah men, there's a lot of value to that whole multi-generational model mm-hmm. of just like even teaching you know what I mean yep yeah. yeah yeah so how can we do a better job as family and friends to help those we love first of all probably make them aware yes yep um I would definitely with any woman that I meet that's expecting a baby that I'm close to yeah um I'm I'm quick to tell them you know the negatives not oh. Not dote on the negatives and yeah. not make it seem yeah. so negative, um, but to make them aware, you know. Huh. It's not uncommon to feel unattached to your baby. Yeah. It's not uncommon to need help. That's it's not so, uncommon to... so good because yeah. we don't hear that. We don't see it in the baby books and the baby magazines. Yep. And in today's very... world, it's so much focused on what your body's like after baby, yeah. like, recu- like right. bouncing back. Right. And it's like, there's so many other things to focus on, more so your mental health right. being key. Yeah, you, so you've kind of become an advocate, you know, for that, saying that message because it's not out there enough. And so do you have any, like, helpful resources or books or websites or articles that we could link to this podcast um, that have helped you? Well, mine are all local, like Iowa City. Um, I follow like the Iowa City Moms blog on Facebook. Mm, okay. um, but majority is, is I would just with today's you know social media, yeah. um, reach out to on Facebook and find local mother groups. Huh. Um, that way, I know some women. You know, you don't want to go out and meet people face to face, but you can find like what we used to call you know, what are they PayPal or not PayPal's, um, pen pals. Pen pals. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like that now with yeah. Facebook. Like right. find a Facebook exactly. buddy and yeah. just reach out to them and talk to them. Right. So that's what I did is I just went that's and great. found a lot of women that And way. so, and you checked into some, um, kind of non-traditional, like a chiropractor. Yep. You know? Yep. So I think those are really good avenues too, to just check out or talk to people. Yep. Well, and then did you learn about that through too. a friend or how did you know about like chiropractic? Um, I actually reached out to chiropractic for my children. Um, oh, okay. I had heard that um, chiropractors can really help babies with, who are having development needs and mine was simple as my daughter wasn't just going to the bathroom regularly uh-huh. and so by taking her I found one that was um, like I said prenatal and postpartum specialty and so uh-huh. they now like host events that are for mothers and you know talking to mothers and they also make it easy to talk about postpartum depression too. Huh. 
That's so, great to put yourself yeah. in that environment. Yeah. So, um, so you've been through this and you've struggled. Would you like to say just a short prayer for anybody out there who's saying, I think this is me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's do definitely. that. So Lord, we just come to you today with grateful open hearts that we got to share this message and hopefully make some more women understand and not feel so alone. Um, and we just pray that if any mamas out there are having any of these symptoms or don't even know for sure if the feelings that they're having are normal, that they would just feel comfortable to not only reach out and call out to you for guidance and comfort, but also feel comfortable to share it with their friends and their family. And just bring them peace and let them know that you desired for them to be mothers. This baby was meant to be in their lives and this baby is going to change their life and they're going to mold that baby and um, that you're just going to give them guidance to get through it and that they are strong women regardless of the negative thoughts trying to come at them or the feelings that are making them feel insecure that you have given them a sturdy foundation and that they are just going to be warriors mothers who are going to lead a powerful path for not only themselves but for their children and family and we just pray this in your name amen amen thanks so much Christy. Yeah. this is good really good we need to be talking more and more about this and yeah um, because your children are beautiful and you want to be able to take yeah. delight in them yes yeah so thanks for helping other women to be able to do that yes thank you for coming mm -hmm. thanks for walking along with us today i'd love to get to know you better so let's walk again sometime shall we